0: Hi, welcome to another episode of the Consulting Trap. I'm your host, Brian Maddox. With me today is Debbie Miller, President of Social Hospitality. Welcome, Debbie.
1: Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me.
0: Debbie, I think uh, I think it's important that all of our listeners understand a little bit more about you and your background. So if you could share that with us, that'd be great.
1: Sure. Yeah. I got started uh, about 15 years ago, just out of college. I got an internship for a local destination marketing organization, which is kind of like similar to a chamber of commerce, but for travel. So we worked with the hotels, restaurants, different businesses in the community to promote the community so that tourists would come stay there. So that was my first introduction to the hospitality industry. I happened, I would say it was a happy accident, how I fell into it. It was through an internship program that I kind of last minute signed up for, and they happened to place me there. And this was right around the time that social media was first emerging for businesses. So it was a great time to kind of get my foot in the door on the social media side of things to an emerging medium for marketers. Uh, It was a really fascinating time. And I ended up working at, at that company for about three and a half years and then transitioned to a larger agency, a digital marketing agency, where I worked for six years. And when I made that transition, I had also started a blog called Social Hospitality, uh, where I was blogging about social media for the hospitality industry, because at the time, again, social media was, was relatively new. There, At the time, there weren't a ton of resources specifically for hospitality businesses and social media. So that's, that's kind of how the idea was born for the brand initially, uh, as a blog back in 2011 is, is when that debuted. So that's been around uh, a while on the blog side of things. Um, and then I worked at that agency for about six years working with larger clients and I had started. You know, I was blogging on the side, freelancing on the side. I started doing speaking gigs and going to networking events and doing all those kinds of things while I was still at my last company to kind of build the brand on the side while I was still gainfully employed, luckily. And then in the early. 2017, I I went out on my own full time, doing social hospitality solely and uh, working with clients primarily small businesses. And although I focused on hospitality quite a bit, I do have a lot of non-hospitality clients now as well. Uh, so it's been an, an interesting period of of growth and evolution, and uh, you know I, and an adaptation. To, obviously, during COVID, that was an interesting time. Um, so just kind of uh, gaining my footing and then refooting as things change over time and. Um, but I've been really enjoying it. I feel like for me, it was, uh, I've always been kind of a very independent, autonomous worker. So I like, I liked the, the challenge of, of having my own business and I enjoy the, the aspects of running it as well as helping the clients achieve their goals and, you know, all those things. So it's been a really interesting and fun journey so far. No doubt,
0: and and so it sounds like you had the benefit of being able to like start your side hustle and then have that become your main hustle, right? Exactly. Um, that's a kind of a regular uh, what a lot of folks do. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, tell us uh, if you wouldn't mind a little bit more about how you got your first couple customers.
1: Yeah. So my first couple clients, actually my very, very first social hospitality client when I was at my previous company still, but my very first client was a restaurant and they found my blog. They found the social hospitality blog. And I remember the, I think it was the director of marketing that I met with at the time. It was a local restaurant. I remember her saying to me something like, I read your blog and I thought she gets it. And that was such a lovely sentiment that has resonated with me still. And I I still remember that quote because I I think, and I I tell uh, college students this when I I still mentor some college students at at UCI where I went to school and I I always advocate for having a blog or having something that's yours. Um, And and for me, a blog was, was the perfect fit. And it's a great way to show that you write well, it's a great way to show that you think critically about a topic, whatever the topic is, something you're passionate about. So for me, again, it was, it was social media and hospitality because that was what I knew, but I was able to convey through blog posts, my expertise in the fields. I was able to con- convey how I think critically and how I'm able to deliver solutions to problems. And I was able to communicate all of those things semi-inadvertently, uh, to potential customers. And so that was really awesome to get that, that first restaurant client, um, Back in the day, so that was kind of my first my first freelance client, and then from there it kind of it kind of grew organically. I, again, some networking, I got involved in a lot of local networking groups as well as going to industry conferences and events, uh, meeting people, getting my name out there, um, stuff like that was was primarily how I got a lot of customers. And then when I Made the transition uh, about five years ago, full to the agency full time to doing my own thing full time. I had a couple clients that I've been working with for a while already at that point, as well as a couple that I've been working with at my previous agency that um, asked both myself and my former agency, "Can we go to Debbie for social?" Because they knew me, and the other agency was doing a bunch of other digital marketing related projects for them that they still retained, but they knew me for social, and they um, thankfully my previous company as well was. Gave the green light on that. Obviously, I didn't want to do anything that was a conflict of interest. But that component of the business, they moved over to me at Social Hospitality, which I was very grateful for as well. Um, and then from there, I mean, I do I do currently, I would say a lot of LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit. I think that's how you and I connected was on LinkedIn. Um, and then still some networking uh, participating in industry related, you know, events and even online forums and stuff like that. Um, but at this point I, I started networking, you know, between 10 and 15 years ago. So I have a good connection base now, Um, And I'm, I'm often, you know, I often hear from friends who, if they, if they learn of anything hospitality related, they think of me, which is great. Um, And I would say, it kind of depends who I'm talking to on how I pitch myself. So if I'm talking to a hospitality business, a hotel or a restaurant, for example, I'll emphasize my hospitality background because obviously it's relevant to them. And I have hotels and restaurants reach out to me often saying, oh, we like that you're, that this is your niche, that, you know, this, this world, this industry. But then conversely, if I'm pitching a non-hospitality client, I don't emphasize that as much, obviously. I emphasize the diversity in my clientele and the diversity in my background and the different kinds of clients I work with. And I do think that h- hospitality is a strong backbone for all industries because it is so customer centric and there's a lot of storytelling and, and all those kinds of things. So it's definitely a great backbone. But um, I do tailor my message and my pitch, so to speak, based on who I'm talking to.
0: Sounds like um, the old adage uh, still applies that whole, the, you, you've heard the the saying the the best time to plant a tree is twenty years ago, the second best time is is now. That adage works really well uh, in the context of developing a network as well. It sounds like the network, is, the building the network, was really important to your success.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely, both locally as well as uh, I'll call it like industry wide and in like the social media world, like going to social media and digital marketing conferences five years ago, I still have connections from those types of events that, again, I'm connected to on LinkedIn and, and we share leads all the time. And um, another side of it too is is collaboration. And um, if if I'm not a fit for a project, for example, or a scope, I'll give it to one of my colleagues or friends that, that does something similar, but that is a better fit. So there's so many components. Like I focus primarily on social and copywriting related marketing uh, projects. Whereas I have a, another friend, for example, that does PR. I have another friend that does paid social. That's her complete focus of her business. So depending on the scope of what a potential lead is looking for, if I'm not the right fit, I'm happy to give that business away to someone that's going to be able to do it much better than I am. Um, so, so That's helpful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and having a strong sort of partner network is, is vital because, uh, again, everyone's got their own specialties. So um, uh, this is, a, this is maybe a, a stickier question, but when it comes to, um, comes to the networking side of things, how are you working to make that function at scale? Like at what point, um, are you going to be able to, um, sort of rely on that and how does that work for, for developing the business beyond yourself?
1: Yeah. So I think now the main, the main way that has worked for me so far, one is that, um, I do now have team members that help, which is awesome. So I've been able to scale the last couple of years in, in that regard. The first couple of years, I was fully by myself, but um, but now I have actual team members on my team, which is awesome. Secondly, I think in the terms of the partner network, we ha- we partner with other agencies all the time as well. To do work for their clients um so for example we have actually i think three or four other agencies right now that one i'm writing email copy for their email campaigns another i'm helping with community management um because they work with large large brands and large clients so i help do some community management during the day for them um and i i, I do that kind of thing to kind of stay stay fresh from a tactical perspective um because I can, most of my stuff now is pretty high level, a little more, a little more big picture strategy. And then I have my team members working on the more tactical stuff, but I do also enjoy staying in the weeds with the tactical stuff because it keeps, keeps me on top of the trends and what's going on and the way people are still, you know, conversing with brands and all those things. Um, and then we have another client that we're actually developing social or another, another, um, sorry, partner who is a branding agency. So they focus primarily on branding and that side of of the business and they have clients that they offer social media services for, but they don't want to do social media. So they have us do social media for them. So, um, that, that kind of thing where it's different kinds of agencies that focus primarily on a different aspect of marketing that do offer social media as a service. Uh, they can outsource that to us and we will happily or or, social media, email marketing, whatever it is. Um, and we will happily take on that work. Um, so I think there's enough business to go around, go around. Um, happy to partner with other other agencies that are technically competitors, but right. uh, we're able to have some good synergies in that way.
0: Yeah. That co kind of model yeah, where, you know, yeah. you're, you're both hitting the market the same way, but with slightly different footprints is really, really strong. Yeah, I, I think that. one of the, um, one of the things that, that gets challenging, particularly as a new person starting out is, you know, you're trying to differentiate yourself so hard yeah. that you neglect that potential that you could be a sub or a white label to somebody else. Um, so tell me a little bit more about how the, how you started that process and how did that work for the business in the beginning?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think kind of varied. i met, I think most of those people I'm referring to, I met through networking, actually one of the, um, CEOs of one of the companies I did a podcast with a couple years ago. I think I was interested introduced to her through a mutual friend. Um, so it's kind of varied based on how I know each person, but I think, uh, the main thing that has kind of set me apart from, I think, other agencies is that I'm very much, a, I'm very much the face of it. I think people know me, and I think that's something that's come in handy with clients too is that they know when they hire us that they're getting me. And I've heard a lot of feedback from clients where when they work with larger agencies, there's a lot of turnover in those agencies and they'll have a different account manager that they're talking to every couple of months and they get confused about where projects are because there's so many, so many cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. Uh and with with us they're going to get me on every call 100% of the time they're going to get the same level of communication and i've been able to to almost literally immerse myself in marketing teams and marketing meetings with with teams of people at different companies with clients i've worked with and it's it's been a more immersive experience and i think it's a more personalized approach than some larger marketing agencies are able to provide because there's so many moving parts to it so i think there's that 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 more intimate relationship I'm able to build with clients is really nice. And I've, I've gotten that feedback before um, from several clients that they appreciate that, um, you know, it's not, again, a, not a different account manager every so often that they know what's going on in their dynamic and it's all very transparent and, and friendly and, and uh, still professional obviously, but um, it, it becomes a, a very a great relationship, great working relationship because uh, they, we, we, we get to know each other over the course of the, of the relationship.
0: And and I think that it sounds like the time you spent developing yourself as a thought leader through your blog has really facilitated that kind of direct personal relationship. A lot of folks are, are advocating for like, or, or, or interested uh, not advocating, but are, are interested in acquiring that experience. Like I want, I want to work with the pro. How do you manage then your own exposure for your business Against the the time demands of every client wanting to work with you all the time,
1: yeah. Well, that's kind of exactly what I ran into when I started, when I realized I needed to hire people was that I was spending so much time writing, and I enjoy writing. Writing is always what I've been, have excuse me. Writing has always been what I love to do, but it's very time consuming, and so that's where I realized I need to hire some team members that can do some of the more tactical writing, day-to-day social media posts, for example, and then I can focus on the higher level stuff. So uh, I have two team members now that are, are doing that. They have specific clients that are assigned to, they get to know those clients very well. They're writing the social content or or some some blog posts as well for those clients. And finding my two girls on my team was, was a hard process because... They needed to be a good writer. They need to be good writers. And a lot of folks are social media managers or similar, but aren't necessarily great writers. And that, that was essential because that's the core of what we do is write. And they needed to be people with great writing samples and, again, the ability to tell stories and come up with creative captions over and over again for the same brand when you're literally writing social posts for them every day it's it gets challenging and it's it's a it's a mental exercise so I have both of my girls are great at, at that and uh, they've been awesome at taking some of that that more nitty-gritty work off my plate so that I can focus on higher level and because of that I've been able to to gain more clients because I have more time to have meetings with them and communicate with them and again focus on strategy and higher level stuff while I have the girls managing the kind of um, more tactical work, so to speak. So that's been a great, a great fit in that regard. Oh, I think you're muted,
0: right? Oh, not anymore. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> that happens. Um, I think i so excited. Um, so, but you said moments ago that like, that all of your clients have access to you at all times. And then you talked about the role of the social media manager. So how do you balance the account management sort of function with access to you how are you managing that priority set or that yeah like, do they know when to call you in is to call in the superpowers or what
1: <laughs> so no i'm pretty much still the point of contact for all my clients oh they, okay they know they know who victoria and marissa are my two team members um but i'm still the point of contact i'm still gotcha. Main, um, and we have like we have recurring meetings on the calendar, so we know when we're going to meet. In the meantime, obviously they can we can email each other in between and all those things. But in general, we have a very consistent schedule and dynamic with each. And some are very it's it's interesting too. This is another thing I've run into is that some clients are very hands on and some are very hands off. Uh, And that's what something that I always say when I'm talking to a new potential client is that we can make this relationship whatever you want it to be. If you want a weekly call. We can do a weekly call. If you want to not talk to me on the phone ever again, cool. Let's do it all over email. And I have both like some really want that, that more, um, you know, transparent communication all the time. And that's great for their business. And then others just are just like, I don't want to worry about it. Trust you. Send me the reports. Go for it. Like it's. Yeah, Yeah interesting contrast. Um, but it's both are fun and both are fine. And, um, that's another thing too, is that we are, we're kind of flexible to each client. Whereas a lot of other agencies are like, this is how we do things. This is the only way we will do it. I'm pretty, I mean, I've worked in, I can't tell you how many different project management platforms, because I'll go, I'll use whatever the client wants to use, whatever's easier, you know, and it's all similar to me. So it's the end of the day, it doesn't matter to me. So I'm able to easily adapt to what each client is doing. Mm -hmm. Um, which is also nice for them because they don't have to learn a new system or they don't have to, you know, change the pro- their internal processes for, for the dynamic with me. We can integrate very seamlessly into their their current structure.
0: That's awesome, and it sounds like like it took you a little bit of um, uh, work to figure out how that dynamic needs to play. Um, you're you're at a fairly evolved point in the business where you're agile enough to handle all of that in the beginning uh it's it's a real difficult challenge to kind of figure all that out
1: yeah. how did you get
0: there how did you get to that level of, of maturity
1: yeah it kind of happened naturally I would say I mean at the beginning I, I only had a small number of clients um so it was it was all pretty manageable but as I've scaled I've definitely had to you know adjust based on each client mm-hmm. I think I, I learned so much from de- working with different clients as well both both in terms of their industry or their whatever their business is as well as how they function as a business and how they manage their teams and their projects and their whatever i'm working on so either their email campaigns or their social media social media management or um, just just working with different clients and getting exposure to all of those different types of ways of working it has been really enlightening or enlightening um, and has helped me kind of be able to adapt and be familiar with all of these different options that are out there and all these different, again, different project management platforms or different um, social media platforms and different email marketing platforms and all those kinds of things. Um, so i say it's just through experience, honestly, it's kind of just through trial and error and, um, and, and getting exposure to those different ways of doing things.
0: So, and, and uh, to, to kind of put a point on that, if the mission then becomes trial and error, you need to be comfortable with both of those, right? You need to be comfortable making mistakes. You're going to make a several, um, and, and that's got to be okay. Um, and I think that, you know, you can see uh, from, from your, com- you know, from the way you're speaking that, um, you know, you've been sort of hyper-adaptable and hyper-flexible to your client base and hyper-available, uh, which all seem to be uh, keys to your success uh, in your business, which is awesome. Debbie, when um, when folks want to reach out to you and they want to learn more, or they want to get connect with you. How should they go about that?
1: Yeah. You can just send me an email or visit the website at socialhospitality.com. So my contact info is on there or there's a contact form on the website or email. I'm usually on email all the time. Uh, debbie at socialhospitality.com is my email address.
0: Awesome, and uh, the three big takeaways that we can give our listeners as we go through this, so that they can profit, um, can you can you share some of your big three?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this. I, I think one would be I like the phrase "fail upward." Uh, I forgot who coined that. I'm sure it's someone uh, wise, but I think for me, I had a lot of fear about going out on my own. I thought about I thought about leaving my former company and, and doing my own thing for several years before I actually pulled the trigger and did it. And there's a lot of fear and a lot of fear of failure. Um, and so I had so many uh, other things that didn't work out kind of along the way that I thought I wanted and, and realizing that I needed to wait. I, I'm happy in retrospect now that things happened the way that they did and that I was able to, uh, to I, I would call it fail upward, to to be, oh, it's kind of the adaptability point, but um Failure is not a, an end all be all negative thing. It's, it can be a positive thing. And uh, for me, it certainly has been a positive thing over and over and over again. So um, that would be one. Uh, Another, I think is to be adaptable um, and be open to things, not going again, things not going the way you thought they were going to go. Uh, I kind of fell into marketing. I fell into hospitality. It's not what I was planning on doing when I was in college. And I got that first internship. Uh, but it, it, I mean, my whole career has, has buoyed from that. And it wasn't again, it wasn't what I thought I wanted when I was in college, but it's such a lovely life. I live that um, I now I'm very glad that I was open to it. Cause I'm someone that likes to, to know what's going to happen and be in control and feel all those things. And uh, kind of, you have to kind of surrender to, to where the wind's blowing you. And I'm so glad that I did that. And I think um, being open to that kind of thing is really beneficial in both career and life. Um, And then the third thing I think is is to find, figure out what your ideal work-life balance is. Um, So for me, I work from home and I was working from home before COVID obviously a lot of more people now are working from home. So making sure like for me, I have an office, I have a dedicated space to work, which helps me kind of be in the zone when I'm in the office. And I'm able to kind of separate my home from my work life in that way. Uh, However, I mean, I'll be the first to admit that, um, although I can now travel a lot. I love to travel. So I wanted to have my own company so I could travel when I want to travel, which is awesome. However, I never can turn work off really. So when I go on vacation, my laptop comes with me, I'm checking my email, I'm doing the thing and I'm trying to do, obviously I do as much as possible ahead of time, but I still have to practice (laughs) turning work off sometimes. So figuring out routines for that kind of stuff is is important um, to make sure that you have proper balance and and all things of life, <laughs> all things. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Debbie, I want to thank you again for being on the show with us today. Um, it's been a delight to learn more about what uh, what you're up to at Social Hospitality. Um, and for those interested in learning more, uh, please te- check out uh, Debbie stuff at socialhospitality.com. Thanks again for being on our show. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef podcast chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done for you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30 day money back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level.